I'm Catherine Arndt, the Chief of the VLGA Connect Studio. Welcome to today's episode, brought to you by the VLGA, your councillor support network and the national broadcaster on all things local government. Hi everyone, it's VLGA Connect Local Leaders Time and today I'm delighted to be joined by Councillor Jennifer Anderson from Macedon Rangers Shire, a third term councillor, former mayor five times and a working GP to boot. Jennifer, thanks for squeezing us into what must be a busy schedule for you. Thanks, Chris. Nice to have you here. Of course, a familiar face. We've seen you around the sector for some time. Why do you do it? Why uh, has your uh, local government career been um, so extensive while you're also working as a GP? It must be a challenge. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I sort of joined because in general practice, I work for myself, so I can flexi my hours, which is good. Um, and just there were some local issues going on. I went to some local council meetings and sort of looked at the representation was there and thought, yeah, I'm not sure about this representation. And I thought, well, I'll put my money where my mouth is, put my hand up, got elected. Um, to anyone thinking about it, it has its ups and its downs, its good moments, its bad moments. But overall, if you feel that you're affecting some change and being able to listen to your community and get some good things happening in your area, it's really rewarding. When you look back to that first decision to run for council, were you elected at first try in 2012? Yes. Yeah, yeah. actually elected on primaries, which was very surprising. Wow. Why do you think that was? Um, I think people had also, similar to myself, gone, we're not happy with that representation. <laughs> and because I was someone new, we didn't have very many females in local government as well. And in fact, that year, we only had two women elected to seven men. So what was it that you thought you might have been able to change particularly and how do you score yourself looking back now? Yeah, I think for me it was um, culture, behaviours and governance, but also mainly planning decisions. There are a lot of planning things going on at the time and I've, I've listened to Mayor Deeth's um, local leaders and I think that yeah. was an issue she got in on. Um, because we're such a sensitive area with a beautiful environment, um, you've just got to be so careful. Agriculture is a huge thing with us too. So it's getting that balance of where do you put development. Um, and so you can't get planning right unless you've got governance right, unless you've got people communicating to the community, getting the input, behaving well and listening to things, not making their own personal judgments or decisions or talking to a developer and going, yes, we'll do that for you. So, um, And I think we've progressed a very long way um, and made significant improvements since when I first started. So first elected in 2012, as you said, on primary, so pretty strong vote of encouragement, let's put it that way, from the community at that time. I think it was a couple of years before you were then elected to your first mayoral term in 2014. I just want to read you something from the reporting just to take you back and get your reaction. When uh, when it was reported that you'd been elected mayor, only the third female mayor in Macedon Rangers history, uh, and I quote, Councillor Anderson has often called divisions on matters following debate in council and has sometimes been a lone voice. Was that a fair reflection of your <laughs> approach yes. to the role at the time. There was one, um, it did happen frequently, it was um, Councillor Anderson won, rest of Council 8, and in fact on one occasion there was going to be a third vote where it was Councillor Anderson won, rest of Council 8, and one of my fellow councillors said, oh, I'll just vote with you so you don't look so lonely. Um, <laughs> so, yes, but, you know, it is worth standing up for what you believe in and what you think the community wants. Um, and, um, yes, the, the mayoral role was what I call my Stephen Bradbury moment, where there were two groups of boys that wanted to be mayor 
and one group decided they really didn't want the other person to be mayor and it was the pull out of the hat back then. So they decided to, to let me be the mayor for the year. So, um, oh, yeah, how, so how, was... how good of them, <laughs> how generous yeah. of them to let you. But, of course, something must have clicked because you've now been mayor five times. Why do you think that is? Um, well, I think, I mean, the first time of being mayor, there wasn't a lot I could do internally. So it was really just raising the profile of council, getting to the community, letting them know that we're there and that we would be accountable. And I think over the next two terms, we've had more councillors that have been really keen to make sure the community is listened to and that we've got good practices. Uh, and look, my leadership style is to encourage other leaders and to make sure that everyone knows we're a team. So it's not, you know, putting one person at fault or a staff member or a council law. It's really encouraging everyone to think every single action you take is something that reflects on council and also to build communities trust, but community to also build kindness towards us, to realise that we're people, we're individuals. So I think that that's my leadership style is that inclusiveness um, and I, I guess, you know, we've had quite a few changes through council and on that sort of stable voice, I guess, with a bit of corporate knowledge there as well. Yeah, you mentioned the makeup of the chain, the council has changed a bit since those since those days. Do you give yourself some credit for changing the way the council's perceived in the community for bringing forward those those new voices? Yeah, so the my second term of council, we actually had five women and four men, and I think we we're a lot more progressive, a lot more listening to the community. There was a lot less self-interest. Um, it really was. You could see people were sort of voting with, gosh, this is hard for me because it's maybe not what I think, but I've listened to the community and it's what they want. Mm. So I think that was a little bit better as well. And, uh, you know, through our time, I think I've had oh, four different CEOs. Um, and so I think getting the right CEO and the importance of that um, with this current group to see where we're at and getting the right person in. And Bernie O'Sullivan, he's just been fantastic, has brought a really good executive team together. And that collegiality, I think, of um, staff and councillors um, has really improved where we're at. That mayor-CEO relationship is so important, isn't it? And yeah. the, the role of CEO often is misunderstood in the community. When you say there's been four CEOs, what what do you see as the upshot of that, uh, can I call it, instability on the council and the organisation? I think stability is great if you've got the right CEO at the right time. And so for some of the CEOs we've had, when we've got them in, when they've started, they've been the right CEO at the time. They've done the things that needed to be done. That was how they got the job based on the, the council's votes. But things do change over time. And sometimes you need a more community-facing CEO. Sometimes you need someone who's better at the asset management or financial side. Uh, so it does reflect the changes over time. And people often complain about how much a CEO gets paid. But really, it's a really difficult job. You've got to be on top of so many things. You've got to be a people person without being people's mates because you're their boss. Um, you've got to work with council laws. And we're not trained professionals, most of us. We come from, you know, everywhere all over and don't necessarily have the skills you need to be a governing body. Yeah, well well said, well put. So over that time as, as mayor on five different occasions, how do you think your approach to the role has evolved? I think I've learned to be a bit more relaxed about some things, not to, not to worry so much about some of the little things. 
and uh, you have to have faith in your team and your CEO and your fellow counsellors. So a lot of the time it's like I don't need to be 100% little detail across everything. Um, it's making sure you've got that that level of trust and knowledge that other people are putting in the work as mm. well. Uh, it's making sure that you're taking every single opportunity to promote what the issues are at council. Anytime you're somewhere in a subtle way just to sort of, you know, profile what's going on. Um, and I think in our discussion before we mentioned about the floods. So that was a, a really important time because we kind of got forgotten because the flooding started at our end with the beginning of the Campaspe River and then it sort of flows along and everyone's anticipating and waiting, but it suddenly came to us and then the focus was off us and it was a really little town, Darawit Gwim, that a lot of people wouldn't have heard of. Um, I also went through the storms when we had those June 21 storms. I was mayor at the time and our CEO had been in the job, I think, Oh, it was a couple of weeks, if yeah. that. So um, that was really important to get the politicians out on site, having a look, seeing firsthand what had happened so that they could really understand what we needed. So I think that's a really crucial role, working out what are the key issues and making sure you're getting to the right people to keep letting them know what the issues are and working collaboratively too. Sometimes it's disappointing. You might hear state government say something and think, gosh, why did they say that? But it's not getting too upset. It's going, right, we want to continue to work with you Let's talk about how we can do it differently and be inclusive. So it's those, you know, collaborations. And we're really lucky. The Loddon Campaspe region work really well together. So I was going to ask you, the floods last year, and you mentioned the storm event as well. Have they been the most challenging times for you as a mayor? They certainly make it a lot busier because you still got to do day-to-day stuff. And the flow and effects, the finances, that you have to spend the money and go out there, you know, finding a site for the storm, the storms in particular, um, finding a site of where do you clean up all that damage? How do you, you know, build back people's lives at the same time as roads? And we're at tourism shire as well. And you can't really have tourism. Same thing with COVID. We were just getting over COVID and then the storms came. And so um, it just accumulates. But um, again, with the support of the team, um, it really helps you to put it into perspective. And your comms team are essential because they help you to keep on top of what's the latest figures, what's going on where, so that you know where you're at whenever you're having all those um, interviews that you have to go to. Yes, yes. So uh, they're challenging times. What about highlights? things that perhaps have happened to you or you've been able to achieve as mayor that you look back on with great pride? Um, I don't think there's any one thing. I think a lot of it is getting the strategies in place um, so that then the staff can just go and do what they need to do. So we've done a lot of work on the natural environment, biodiversity, climate change, climate resilience, and it's really nice that that's now embedded in what all that we're doing. Uh, gender equity is another one. That's We were already starting on that journey before the, the Act came in, so that was really good. And emergency management, and we've had a little bit of a dip in emergency management when there was a restructure, but, um, you know, the support, it's getting the councillors together to know this is a really important strategy to have, so it supports the staff to know the direction they're going in. So mm. there's not one thing, but um, I think all of that combined, um, just knowing that you can just sit back They've got the tools to do what they need to do and they're really good strategies that the community supports. You mentioned earlier Mayor Deeth, the current Mayor of Macedon Rangers. You're her deputy, as I understand it. How has that uh, adjustment, has it been an adjustment for you? Um, No, look, I've loved being Annette's deputy. It's just really nice to to be able to step back and not be the person having to, you know, run the meetings and chair the briefings and, you know, sort of be the diplomat between there's little spats and things going on in the background. 
and um, to just be able to support, to know that I can be at the end of the phone if she needs anything or debrief. And she's just done an amazing job. And you just, it's, that's one of my favourite things in local government is you meet people early on in their journey. And I went to the local leaders VLGA um, in the first term of council. And I think I was the only returning council and most people were new. And it just invigorates you to see the youth, the enthusiasm, the new ideas, the optimism um, and it's really nice to be in that background, to be that sort of steady hand for people to tell them what it used to be like, give them some ideas and let them know, listen to everybody. Don't take one person's view as the way it's got to be. Would you take on the mayoralty again? Uh, if it was the right time. I mean, I'm not planning on standing in the next upcoming mayoral elections. Okay, and, let's get um, that. But, so we've got that out of, <laughs> out of the way, which and means it, it, that... Which means then there's an election, so you'd need to be re-elected. Yes. So, so are you going to stand again, perhaps, yeah, should look, be the at question. At this stage, I've still got the, the enthusiasm and the, the drive to stand again, and I think, you know, I can still contribute, and I think that's an important thing. You don't just do it for the sake of doing it. You've got to feel you can add value. And for me, that mayoral position is about the right mayor at the right time for the organisation. So I would only put my hand up if I thought, you know, this is the right time. So the other times that I, I did it... I did two years and that was because it was a new bunch of councillors coming in. I had that experience. Um, we were getting a new CEO, so it was good to have that continuity. Um, at some points in time, it's good to have the same person there if they've got that knowledge background and are doing okay, an okay job. Other times it's good to have a new person. It just depends. So I'd never say never, but it would really be dependent upon who else was there and where council was at. Yeah, I think that's a nicely nuanced answer to the question because you often hear, you know, some councils talk about, well, it's so-and-so's turn and we need to rotate and give them the opportunity. But there's a lot more that probably should go into uh, considering who's best for that particular time. Yep. So uh, we've established you will put your hand up again and run, which means you're, <laughs> you're aiming for a fourth term. Um, how do you juggle all of these responsibilities? As we've said, you're a GP, uh, you've been a mayor, uh, long-term counsellor now, what are the things you do to keep track of and keep balance in your life? Surprisingly, now I'm doing less than I was when I was first elected because I'd yeah. been on some boards and I was working at a hospital. Um, but I think the key is not to take too much on um, and to be aware of people that are going to put their hand up for the next election that it does take quite a lot of time. So you need to probably have at least 20 hours. You need to have a bit of flexibility in your timetable. From your, You need to support of your job, your family, your friends. You need to work out your interests so that you've got some other things that you can do outside of being on council and if you've got a job as well outside of that. So for me, I like gardening. I like hiking. Um, and so I sort of fit those in. And I think it's protected time for yourself. So putting aside that right, I'm going to go to this yoga class between 8.15 and 9.15 on a Wednesday and I'm going to work around that. So it's, you know, sort of prioritising a bit of time for yourself and not just getting too wound up in, oh, my God, there's 101 emails. I've got to answer them right away because yeah. pausing sometimes is actually a really good thing because sometimes the solution comes through before you've had a chance to, to do anything. Um, but, yeah, just working out your timetable. Um, and factoring in sunny days, because I think if days are sunny, you should be outside doing things if you can, and maybe in the evening you do your other work. Yeah, um, yeah so have your rainy day jobs as well. Get, getting some vitamin D 
yep. nice, nicely put as the, as the GP <laughs> on the, on this on this call. Uh, Jennifer, beyond Macedon Rangers, you're active also uh, through the MAV with a deputy president role for outside of the metropolitan. I think yes. they call it non non metro. Um, why have you put your hand up for that? Have you got a particular interest in the broader? Uh, issues that affect the sector? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been on the board, this is my third term on the board, and um, I think there's 79 councils and they've all got a lot of different issues, but there are some that are the same. And so really passionate about how do we get the MAV to be coordinated in its approach where this is the common issue, so we can, you know, elevate that, but then make sure that government doesn't say it's a one-size-fits-all. So, um, And the governance side of things, we've got some small councils in our area like, you know, Bulloch Shire. They haven't got the resources. Now, I'm not saying MAV is extensively resourced. They do a great job on a, you know, sort of shoestring budget really. Um, but uh, it does help if you've got somebody else that can bring things together, coordinate. And I think, you know, there really just is power in numbers. So um, that working together and local government, it's just a great form of government. And so just, you know, um, my associations with BLGA and with MAV, it just, you know, it just coordinates things more, means people aren't so isolated. And with your experience now at the local government level, you're probably as well-versed as many with the issues that are affecting the sector. And I, I noticed that you were quoted with some of the figures that came out around the, the announcement of the government's housing and planning reforms that sort of pushed back a little bit on a narrative that councils were somehow holding up the creation of more homes. How's that message gotten through, do you think? Yeah, it's. Um, I don't think it really has because shortly after that they were sort of basically going at Yarra's. Uh, there were a couple of other city councils, I think, um, that they yeah. were saying, you know, quoting actually wrong figures. Yeah. But luckily most of the councils and MAV now were really looking at we need the, this evidence ready to go. So we're building up our statistics that work Glenara did with all their, um, you know, statistics about how much more they're spending on things, how much there's a reduction. Now, not everyone's as well resourced, but um, the more we can actually demonstrate to all levels of government and our communities just how much we work we do on so little money and how much we've taken on. And if we stuck to roads, rates and rubbish, the community would really be in trouble. They'd have a one-size-fits-all model all out of Melbourne, um, and I just don't think it would work as effectively, but it needs to be financed properly. I know we talked about, you know, you've got to manage the relationship, but you've got to call out some of this stuff too when it happens, don't you? In yeah. New South Wales at the moment, they're having the same conversation where the government is targeting councils as being responsible for the housing crisis when there are so many other factors involved. How do you feel about, local government continually being this easy target for other levels of government? It is a real struggle and I think it's, you know, gotten worse over time. Um, I think there are some really good elected members there, but, of course, there's still treasury and bureaucracy and, um, yeah, it's that really I think they forget sometimes that we know our areas best and we know our communities best and they have good ideas and if they came to us and had discussions before they were making these decisions in Parliament, they would probably get less pushback. And, you know, not everyone's, we know not everyone's going to be happy, but it just means that you've got that level on the ground knowledge of all the different parties and players to get a better decision. So um, I, so I don't think it's deliberate. I just think over time it's kind of 
we need to find solutions, we want to get on with things, and they kind of forget that perhaps we should talk to those that are affected. And sometimes they don't even realise the effect. So the Sex Worker Discrimination Act, great in theory, but then suddenly council's going, hang on, this is going to mean this and that, and what does that mean? And they haven't thought about it. So it's really just coming to us and thinking about well, how might it affect your communities and your local area. Uh, well put. I was going to ask you why you think that happens, but you've you've pretty much answered that. So as we look towards elections next year, uh, unavoidably the focus starts to be on uh, election time and beyond. What do you think are going to be the key Macedon Ranges issues for your communities as you work towards October next year? Planning, planning, planning and planning. Right. Um, <laughs> a couple of our communities, uh, we're going through major planning stuff now, and I can't imagine much as we've tried that it's going to be finished by the end of this term um, and it's it's an ongoing battle um, there's just so many things we need to do to bring the planning scheme to help us make sure we're getting the right things in the right place and not damaging our environment um, climate change is a much bigger issue and that people are much more wanting to have that resilience to build things to a capacity where they're not going to be washed away um, again afterwards uh, they want to know that they've got that safety that when there is a crisis, they know where to go and what to do. So I think emergency management, climate change and planning are probably three top issues. Um, Youth mental health, that would also be the other one because there doesn't seem to be a good model out there at the moment. We've got Youth Live for Life in our high schools, which is great, but we've been working very hard to try and get a better model because our youth suicide rates are still rising despite us having an amazing place to live. So I think... Mm. We will continue to have to try and resource whatever we can to improve um, mental health in our area. Are you expecting to see some new blood coming through as well in the next crop of councillors, do you think? Uh, look, I think it's always good to have a mix of old and new. And um, I haven't, I've had a couple of conversations with some current councillors and most people are thinking that they're, they're considering whether they'll run again. And um, I think, you know, even if I'm not re-elected, I'm certainly going to be continue to to be involved in what's going on in the community and what's happening and assist anyone who is elected if they they want that assistance. But yeah, I always think a mixture of, um, you know, old and new is, is always good. Jennifer, it's been great to speak with you. Thank you very much for uh, sharing your insights with us and congratulations on the career to date, which in local government, which clearly it has some way to run, we hope, and all the best with your other responsibilities as well. Thanks very much, Chris, and thanks for everything that BLGA does for us. That is Councillor Jennifer Anderson from Macedon Rangers Shire Council, currently Deputy Mayor, former five-time Mayor, uh, sharing uh, some insights with us today on local leaders from VLGA Connect. 